Grab your hymn book, turn to page 389. I'm not much for resolutions, but I'm just wondering if you could sing this song wholeheartedly. 389, and in your other hand, grab your Bible, turn to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. And I will pray. Lord, thank you for a chance to preach. Lord, I love you. And I, you know I love these people. I pray you'll just guide my tongue that I could edify them and help them grow and make it another year, Lord, for your coming. I pray you help now as we look at these things. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. I am resolved. Look at these words here. And just see if you could wholeheartedly sing this. I hope you can. I am resolved no longer to linger, charmed by the world's delight. Things that are higher, things that are nobler, these have allured my sight. These kind of things first allured my sight way back in 1988, shortly after I got saved. Number two, it says, I am resolved to go to the Savior, leaving my sin and strife. He is the true one. He is the just one. He hath the words of life. Number three, I am resolved to follow the Savior. Faithful and true each day. Heed what he saith, do what he willeth. You know, not what we will, not what we think. He is the living way. Uh, number four, I am resolved to enter the kingdom, leaving the paths of sin. Friends may oppose me, and some have. Foes may beset me, and some have. Still will I enter in. Amen. Number five, I am resolved in who will go with me. Come, friends, without delay. Taught by the Bible, led by the Spirit, will walk the heavenly way. Amen. Can you sing that wholeheartedly? I hope you can. These five verses of this song sum up a pretty good commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, I'd say they're pretty good things, wouldn't you? You're in Romans 6. But then over here in uh, James 4.17, it says... Uh, That ain't where I want to go. 17. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Well, <laughs> sin is an ever-present problem in the believer's life and uh, because of our flesh, and we all got to deal with it. And if you fight sin, it's normal for you to loathe yourself, be disgusted with yourself. If you fight sin... If you're perfectly content, man, you've been watching Joel Osteen, you just think you're all great. The world revolves around you, you know, the, the greatest you. Well, you don't, you don't know nothing about sin. You ain't dealing with your sins. You're so deceived. You're, you're so wet behind the ears. You're, you're a goner. But uh, Romans 6, look at verse 12. The Bible says, I mean, Romans 6 is loaded. It was hard to pick verses, so I'll sprinkle a couple at you. Uh, Verse 12 of Romans 6, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. I mean, chapter 6 is loaded. And if, if you were to spend a lot of time studying this, and if you really... If this was all you saw, and all you saw was Romans chapter 6, you'd make a great 
hyper-dispensationalists. <laughs> but Romans chapter 7 is where we live. And it just follows this. And uh, it's real practical to see that. That's where we live. If you think you got sin beat, you're no different than one of them Kentucky snake handlers. You know, we make fun of them. You know, they keep them snakes in bags, dark in the basement where it's cold, so they're really sluggish. And they get them out, the rattlesnakes, and they hold them. We make fun of that. But if you coddle sin, you're doing the same thing. You're just, you're just messing with something deceived and playing with something very dangerous, very dangerous. John Newton, the great hymn writer, wrote Amazing Grace and some others. He said in a meeting, I, got, I saw this last few weeks in our devotion, Baptist Bread. He said in a meeting toward the end of his life, something like, My mind is almost gone, but two things I know. I'm a great sinner, and I serve a great Savior. Amen. I like that. That was a cool quote. Um, the day in which we live in... Nowadays, most preachers won't preach against sin anymore. There ain't just many sin-killing meetings no more. And uh, it, 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 if they do, it puts great, it, they're hit with resistance. You, do you blame them? I mean, Brother Hunter mentioned three or four things the other night, and you could just feel a tightness. Yeah. It scared me. When he started talking about beer, I thought, uh-oh. I mean, if, if you're in here and you think you can just have beer in your refrigerator and let your kids see it, and, and you're going to go after that route, oh, you can do it, all right. But everybody I've known that's done that has wrecked, they don't have a testimony. And they've wrecked their families. And, and I'm afraid of them. I'm going to stay away from them. God delivered me from that stuff. I don't want to go back. Yeah, I know. I got liberty. I can have as much as I want. I just don't want it. And I don't want to be around it. I don't want to be around you if you're going to go after it. <laughs> so... But anyway, if a preacher preaches on sin, it just it kind of puts a chill on the meat. So they don't do it anymore. And here's why. Attitudes fill the minds of the hearers. If you could hear what they were saying, you'd hear things like, uh, no preacher, we got this. We're above that. We, you know, we're, this is the 21st century. We got that. You know, that was back in the 1900s. You know, they need to preach on your whiskey and all the, all the garbage back then. No, we got this. We, we, we're above that. We don't, need, we don't need somebody to tell us what to do. Or they might say, oh, how dare you? Yeah, I can see some pious woman saying, how dare him speak on that subject? <laughs> or, 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 uh, they, or they might be in fear. Oh, he might mention mine. He might put his finger on mine. Man, I hope he moves on. Or, or uh, here we go again. Yeah, he said that last year. I mean, there's, there's various attitudes. So it's a wonder preachers, you know, they don't want to get beat up. They don't preach on sins much anymore. Uh, turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. In light of the Lord coming back, it's, it's wise for us to keep fighting the sin issues in our own personal lives. And especially since there isn't a lot of preaching to draw your attention to things that we miss, which I miss that because I've sat through meetings Harold Leak back 25 years ago and he'd keep you laughing and, and showing you things in the Bible. And he's laying out these illustrations. And all the way at the end of the message, he'd draw that thing all together and put his finger on it. Man, you just felt like you needed to crawl up to the altar like a worm. <laughs> because he brought out some sin you didn't realize you were doing. I missed that kind of thing. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, look at verse uh, 31. 
this is something you're going to have to practice more and more till the Lord comes. It's, it's basically a self-evaluation, self-judging of yourself as a Christian. Verse uh, 31, For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Uh, you need to judge yourself. They were told to do this right before the communion. And I hope you do it more than just one time a year before we have communion, or you're going to be a mess. You need to examine yourself often, especially since there ain't much preaching on it, and there ain't a whole lot going on, and people don't put their finger on things. you got to talk to the Lord about anything you get involved in. And as most of you know, I had a flip phone forever, and I was forced to get a stupid smartphone. And it's back there, but if, buddy, that internet ain't turned on on that sucker. And I, as soon as I got it, I had prayed about it and asked David to help me. Let's get this thing set up. I don't want bombarded with advertisement, clickbait things in my face. You got to talk to the Lord about things like that in your life because nobody's going to talk about it. But if you want to have a clean heart, you're going to have to talk to the Lord. Judge yourself. If, if it gets out of hand with me, I'm going to chuck it and get me a cheap flip phone. <laughs> I don't want it. I want to fight sin till he comes. Uh, Judging yourself avoids the chastening rod of God. And uh, what I want to say as far as sin, just call it what it is. Call it what it is. And uh, turn over to 1 John 1, verse 6. How many minutes do I got? Thank you. Uh, Forsake time talks about walking in the light, 1 John chapter 1, talks about fellowship with him in verse 6, and if we walk in the light, verse 7, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us from all sin, that's what you are. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If, here it is, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's like taking a bath. I tell that guy's in the jail. It's just like taking a shower. you got to get that heart clean. you got to confess it. It's something you need to be doing daily. And you have to examine yourself. I'm amazed at how the doctrines of, of this uh, judgment of the believers is mixed with the judgment seat of Christ. And, and, and people are hanging over people's head trying to put them in fear as if all your sins are going to follow you to heaven. And then Jesus is going to look at you and say, why did you do this, 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 this? you got to rightly divide that stuff and look at it. Over in Matthew 12, when he was talking to them Pharisees, he told them, yeah, every idle word you're going to give account thereof and the day thereof. Well, I'm not worried about the idle words I've confessed. Yeah. They're gone. That's it. If they were sin, they're gone. Call it what it is. It's sin. And uh, <clears throat> many of you went to the meeting in uh, Jacksonville, Brother Pilkington, talked about a brass age and and it was kind of a eye-opening message, and it woke you up to what's going on in our world. But the balance of that was is what Brother Eric, that blind preacher, said. We've got God's word, like the Philadelphian church. We we we've got something we can exercise on, we can act on. We have some, if we have faith in it, believe it. And it, at this time that uh, we live in, when the when the Holy Spirit is grieved with most of the bulk of so-called Christianity, we need the Bible. Like Adam was saying, we need faith and a closeness 
and openness with our Lord and Savior that we might be like that remnant when he came at his birth. You had Simeon, you had Anna, Zechariah. I bet they were odd ducks in their time. I bet they didn't fit in. They sure didn't fit in with the Pharisees, did they? They were odd ducks. And that's what you'll look like too. But I just want to encourage you, fight sin in your own life. Uh, call it what it is and confess sins. What will it do? Why would it want to confess them? Well, it'll lighten up your walk. I mean, you'll be able to see. You won't be in darkness. It'll lift your spirits. It'll lighten your load, man. You won't have near as many cares as this crazy world. Confess sin is a covered sin, covered by the blood. We sang about it earlier. And uh, since I got a minute or two, I'll tell you a little story. When I was young, about 24 years old, I heard Carl Lackey preach. He came to charity all about 1989, 1990, maybe a year or so before he died. His wife had passed, and he packed out that church. I'd never seen so many people in that place. They came from all over to hear the old mountain preacher from North Carolina. And that was my first exposure to a North Carolina preacher. And I don't know what the message was. that He preached uh, the miracle of salvation. He preached a few different messages. But the part, it was almost like he was preaching two messages at the same time. He would get folks rolling and enjoying parts about whatever his message was. And then right in the middle of that thing, he'd get turned his countenance to the meanest, like fighting word countenance, say, but you wouldn't know anything about that because you ain't confessing your stinking rotten sins. And then he'd go back to the good part and he'd get the folks all cheered up. And then he'd come with a totally different attitude and he repeated that saying like six, five, six times in that message. I told you, you wouldn't know anything about that because you won't confess your stinking, rotten sins. And well, this kind of, he, it, it was, uh, you know, it stuck with me. I remembered it. It helped me. He was preaching two messages at the same time. But I want to encourage you. Keep confessing your sins. And will you resolve to fight sin in your own personal life? Because that's really what's going to hold you in the race the coming year.